0: it's saturday afternoon and i am preaching sunday's message since we have this coronavirus going on i'm teaching to an empty auditorium Uh, all we have is the guys running the cameras and mike running the board back there i've got a title on the board that's interesting easter tomorrow is supposed to be easter according to america easter and the rest of the pagan unholy days Are the reason for coronavirus, and that's the exact truth. Now, Easter is in the Bible one time. Let me give it to you. Acts, the 12th chapter. You say, how do you know that? Well, you look up Easter in your uh, concordance, and it'll give you one place. Here it is, Acts 12. About the same time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. Unleavened bread was the feast of Passover. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quanturins of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. That's not Easter. That's not even the word Easter. The Greek word is P-A-S-C-H-A. Pascha, that is the common word throughout the Bible, New Testament, Passover. Now, whether people like it or not, probably what happened, the King James Bible was translated by approximately 53 translators, half of them were Roman Catholic. One of the Roman Catholics probably got his way with this verse. It mentions the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Uh, Let me take you back over to Matthew, the 26th chapter. Let me read this to you. Verse 2, this is, Jesus is about to eat the last Passover, not crackers and grape juice. You know that after two days, verse 2, the feast of Passover, the word is Pascha. Same word as Easter over in Acts 12. Then in verse 17, uh, Jesus says, or the apostles say to Jesus, Where wilt thou that we should prepare for thee to eat the Pascha? And not, it's not Easter. And he says the same thing in verse 18. The last sentence, I will keep the Pascha, the Passover, at the house of my disciples. He says the same thing in verse 19. And they made ready the Pascha. They didn't make ready Easter. Now, that is outrageously ridiculous that they translated that Easter. Easter is paganism. Let me read something to you. This is a paper that I wrote some years ago. And it's on Easter. A thousand years before the birth of Jesus, the gods of nature resurrected at this time of the year. This goddess, or Easter, that's uh, that's an English name. It was a pagan goddess. Had many names in the different cultural societies. Ostera. Ishtar Estera that is the goddess of the east of the Saxons Ostern is the German or Oster some of you may have an Oster I used to have an Oster toaster they had toasters they call Oster it means east it was a toaster they have various kinds of kitchen uh, aids that are made by Oster. And we get the word comes from Ashtart, A-S-T-A-R-T-E and these are all what you call morphemes M-O-R-P-H-E-M-E-S that means to shape and morphemes are word shapes. And you also have the word Asherah, A-S-H, E-R-A-H. All of this is derivative of the same thing. Uh, Asherah is the word grove. Grove was the tree goddess, was the tree goddess that Israel served throughout the Old Testament. They served the tree And the fire upon the earth and the fire was baal represented it represented baal the sun god and you had the tree goddess which was asher and she was always identified with the lord moon the crescent moon and you find this moon uh, one of the words for a moon was lebanah l-e-b-a-n-a-h and it means white and you get the the Lebanese people are Lebanon, right above Israel. They were moon worshippers. They were Muslims. They worshiped the Lord moon. That's what they were in the ancient world. Let me go and read some more of this. It was Oster, It was Ashtar of the Syrians. You also have the word Ashtaroth, A-S-H-T-O-R-E-T-H. All of these are derivatives of the word Easter. Easter was just a goddess in the ancient world. Ashtoreth was a generic term for all female deities. She was always represented as the moon goddess or as the tree. And you can find the Christmas tree in Jeremiah 10. You'll see that. And then you've got it also in Isaiah 44, forty-four. And everywhere you find the Ashtaroth or you find the Asherah, which is the grove, that's the Easter goddess. Whether you like it or not, that's that's history. Now let me give you a little more of this. She was she had many names. She was called Venus. Aphrodite, Diana, Ceres, Sybil, Isis among the Egyptians, Malita which means female mediator or mediatrix. That's where they got that. Mary was the mediator. Or another name for her was Queen of Heaven. Queen of Heaven is Easter. Queen of Heaven is the Mary of Roman Catholicism. All of this is Roman Catholic. Roman Catholicism has penetrated all of our society. And then he goes on, let me go on and give you some more of this. Easter was the goddess of spring and perhaps the best proof that Adonis was a deity of vegetation and especially of corn is furnished by the gardens of Adonis as they were called. The various fertility gods were both male and female this is all myth that has been that has entered into the church let me read to you something out of the golden Bough by James George Fraser. he'll tell you all about this the golden Bough, I've got the 23 or the 13 volume set of the golden Bough. there's one volume that you can get golden Bough. It means the golden limb on the tree, the golden bough. Let me give this to you. Easter celebration of the dead and the risen Christ was grafted upon a familiar celebration of the dead and risen Adonis, which now Adonis was said to have been born long before Christ in a cave near Bethlehem. And he had 12 disciples or 12 followers. Adonis, which as we have seen, reason to believe, was celebrated in Syria at the same season. Now, Attis was also, Attis was the Phrygian god. Phrygia is on the bottom of what we call Turkey. What, Phrygia, Attis was to Phrygia where Adonis was to Assyria. Adonis was the god of vegetation and his death and resurrection was annually mourned. That's where they get Easter annually. The historian Geisler tells us, G-I-E-S-L-E-R, said the early church did not have one day a year, one day a year that they celebrated the resurrection of Christ. What they did, they celebrated it since he arose on the first day of the week. Since he rose on the first day of the week, they celebrated his resurrection every first day of the week. That's why we meet on the first day. Sunday did not take the place of the Sabbath some have said that that was switched by Roman Catholicism to Sunday it was not Sunday as the Lord's day because that's the day he rose from the dead I've given that to you he was crucified on Friday and people say well the Bible says as, as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, well, that the son of man will be three nights three days and three nights in the heart of the earth well if if Jesus was in the, in the tomb three days and three nights, he would have been in the tomb 72 hours. And he would have had to been in there the full 72 hours to be three days and three nights. Therefore, he would have had to have risen a fraction of a second. Let's say he rose from the dead. One millionth of a second. After the 72 hours, he would have risen on the fourth day, one millionth of a second later. But he repeatedly says, I will rise the third day. That's astounding that people don't know anything about time. They had a word, synecdoche. s yes. Y-N-E-C-D-O-C-H-E. You can look that up in your Webster's Dictionary. It will tell you a part of something was the whole of something. The Jews will tell you that they believed a part was the whole. So when he, he was crucified on Friday, and if he got into the tomb somewhere, uh, before sundown, let's say five thirty. Before sundown, let's say the sun is going to set at six. They had to count from six o'clock all the way back to Thursday at six o'clock, because they said a part was the whole. Then they counted from six, six o'clock, till six o'clock Saturday, and that was one day. And then he arose Sunday or the first day of the week. Now some people will say. They'll say, well, it doesn't say first day of the week in the Greek text. It says the first day of, and when you look up week, it says sabbaton, S-A-B-B-A-T-O-N. Let me explain this to you. It has a Jewish meaning. The first, the Jews numbered the days of the week from the Sabbath and they said Sunday was the first day of the Sabbath, Monday was the second day of the Sabbath, Tuesday was the third day of the Sabbath, Wednesday was the fourth day of the Sabbath and so on so when it says the first day of the sabbath it says the first day of the week that's got a Jewishness to it you have to know the Jewish custom I've had people get mad at me one lady wrote me a letter I'll read it to you she wrote me a letter and just got nearly hostile because I would not address The high day, the high day, uh, let me see here, I had it here, oh, here it is, her name was Annie and she got mad at me, We're Ann Nichols, she got mad and she said, uh, no thanks, what Jim Brown said was coronavirus was because of false teachers. Jim may think he's a prophet of doom, but Jesus was a prophet, a priest, and king. People want to hear about hope, not doom. I'm sorry. This coronavirus is the beginning of sorrows. It's the beginning of doom. And then I had uh, a fellow, Tony Brown, wrote me from England, and he commented on her getting all upset at me uh let me read what he says hi jam and all at grace and truth annie nichols from england wrote you last week and i and was incredulous that coronavirus was in response to billy graham and kenneth copeland if annie digs deeper into your teaching she will find that you have said a lot more on the subject and that Kenneth Cope and Billy Graham are symptomatic of a wider apostasy. You have taught that there is an endemic paganism, idol worship, and personality cult in the so-called Christian church today. The seeds of which were sown by Constantine around 325 A.D. Paganism, idol worship, personality cult, when God looks down he sees a global church totally infected with paganism that's exactly what they are the Baptist Church is Roman Catholic today accept Christ is walking down the aisle and accepting the Eucharist idol worship and personality cult and the Bible clearly shows global apostasy the Bible says the day of the Lord will not come except there come a falling away first The word falling away is the word apostasis. Let me erase this. Apostasis. This is 2 Thessalonians. And this is what is going on today. Apostasis is the problem. Let me erase this. I keep saying this. That's a favorite verse of mine. We're living in the apostasy, apostasis, falling away. 2 Thessalonians 2 and 3. 2 and 3. Falling away. This is the word falling away. It comes from apo, meaning a removal of stasis. Stasis is the word stasis, means upright, upright, and we get the word, it comes from the word histemi, h-i-s-t-e-m-i, there's no h's in the Greek, it's just a diacritical mark, has a breathing sound, and it means upright or to stand, and we get the word staros from this. And a man who was said to be upright in the first century was said to be bearing his cross. There has been a removal of standing upright and the daily cross. I don't hear any preachers talking about crucifying self daily, dying daily. We're in it. Now let me finish this. He see, When God looks down, he sees a global church totally infected with paganism. This is from Tony Brown in England. Idol worship and personality cult and the Bible clearly shows the global apostasy as the main reason for pestilence such as coronavirus, but that's not all there is to it. It's all of the... All of the diseases that we've had. All of the plagues. It's the black plague. It's the bubonic plague. It's the Ebola. It's AIDS. It's all the rest of them that God keeps bringing on the world. Copeland and Billy Graham are nothing but a sideshow in comparison. Billy Graham preached accept Christ as your personal Savior when you're dead in sin. And you can't do that. The Bible says the natural man does not receive decomai. Spiritual things. Deck is the word ten of the Greek. Dekomai means to reach out the ten fingers and accept an offer that's been given. Dead men do not accept anything spiritual. And that is the main message that Graham preached. You sound angry. I am. I got sick of Billy Graham a long time ago. He preached sinner's prayer for salvation. We know that God heareth not sinners, the blind man said after he was healed. If any man be a worshiper of God, doeth his will, him he heareth. Oh, but the Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But the next verse says, How shall they call on him and whom they've not believed? you got to be a believer, which is the method of salvation, in order to pray to God. We do not worship you. We worship God and thank him for using you All these decades to teach and gather the remaining sheep and help us understand the truth behind the world events. Every one of your messages is a revelation and encouragement. Thank you, Tony Brown and Hadley England. Thank you, Tony. I love you, brother. I hope to meet you someday. If not, I'll meet you in heaven. And then he wrote this answer to her. If Anne digs deeper into your teachings, you'll find that you have said a lot more on the subject. And that Kenneth Copeland bit of Graham are just symptoms. I read that. Every time someone says Easter, I hear Ishtar. Every time someone says Christmas, I hear Christ Mass. This is from Tony. And Saturnalia, the Feast of Saturn at Rome. It was... It was a seven-day festival from December the 17th to the 24th where they threw the Yule log in the fire and it sprang out in the form of the tree the next day or the Ashtaroth or the Easter. It's just crazy. Uh, And the pagan palm crosses distributed communion blood and flesh eating lent is pagan sunday is the worship of the day of the sun new year's valentine's day and much more are enthusiastically promoted in the church life today that's right easter halloween christmas mardi gras and Valentine are all forms of the same thing in the ancient world in different cultures. You guys out there, you preachers, you gutless, you won't research," he said. Most churches worship their pastor rather than the Lord, and the pastors see themselves as entertainers, cracking jokes, singing songs, and entertaining with instruments. And a weak 30 minute message about the other Jesus tacked on so they can, so they seek, they are seeker sensitive. When God looks down, he sees a global church infected with paganism. And then thank you, Tony. That's really great. I hope Annie heard this. Annie, doom is coming and you're just like all those Israelites when Jeremiah was walking through the streets saying Nebuchadnezzar's coming doom is on the way he's going to destroy Israel for being involved in all of this Baal and grove and sun and tree worship it's utterly insane I gotta give you one other thing she wrote me and got mad because I wouldn't deal with the high day on the day that Jesus died The high day showed you that this has to be he had to die on Friday because the Bible says the day that he died was the Sabbath of that week was an high day. Let me show you that. John 19. Most people don't know what a high day is. A high day is a let me use a mathematical term it's a geometry term it's a congruent c-o-n-g-r-u-e-n-t it's a congruent day in in geometry if you got a a triangle and it can fit on another triangle exactly and you got them in two different places then they are con—they're called congruent. It can fit right on top of it. That's the same thing as a high day. A high day was where a Sabbath could fit right on top of another Sabbath. And the Bible says that the Sabbath, the weekly Sabbath. of the passover where jesus died was a high day how was it how was that sabbath of that week a high day let me show you okay let's go over here to jesus is on the cross and he says when verse 30 chapter 19 When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. His work was done on the cross. He bowed his head and gave up the ghost. And the Jews, therefore, because it was preparation. Preparation is a word. Parasquen. P-A-R-A-S-K-E-U-N. P-A-R-A. S K E U N. Let me put it in Greek. P, that's the pi, A R A S K E, that's very important there. U N. An N is like a V, a U is like a U, an S is a. In the middle of a word is an oval with a little flag on. A's look like A's. The R looks like a P. You knock our front leg off of it, and that's an R. And the P looks like a pie, and it is. Paris Qain is feminine gender. There was only one day to the Jew that they called mother of the Sabbath the day they called mother the Sabbath was the Friday every Friday they called that the mother of the Sabbath or here's another thing they called it Sabbath Eve Eve was the mother of all living according to the third chapter of Genesis. So they called it the Sabbath Mother or Sabbath Eve. Well that Sabbath, the day that Jesus died, was Nisan fourteen. And this will show you how that was a high day. Nisan 14 Nissan was their first month of their year. The first month Nissan was our month March April. You say why March April, why not March or April? Because they had 360 days in their calendar year. We got 365. So it threw their days off and they had to add days every so many years to make up for the days. So Nisan 14 was the official day of Passover. Passover according to just one verse, Luke 22 and 1. And the day of the Passover, the Bible says that the Feast of Unleavened Bread, it says, Feast of Unleavened Bread. And then they say, Which is called the Passover? the passover was that day the 14th and it started the feast but the first day of unleavened bread was nisan 15 and it went for 7 days so if jesus is dying on the 14th and that is paschuan That is Sabbath Eve. Sabbath Eve. Then the next day is Nisan 15, the first day of unleavened bread, and that was an holy convocation. And that word in the Hebrew is mikra. M I Q R A. And it was a Sabbath. So Jesus, it would be impossible for Jesus to have died on Wednesday or Thursday because the next day would not be a Sabbath. And the Sabbath, if he had died on Wednesday or Thursday, the, come the Saturday, it would not have been a high day. It was a high day because Nisan 15 landed on the weekly Sabbath and Nisan 15, the first day and the last day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread seven days later, the first and the last days were Holy Convocation. They were a Sabbath and everybody went to the temple. Whether you like it or not, that's the truth. Now you're going to have to talk to the Jews about that. That's what I do. I've got Alfred Edersheim's book on temple it's ministry and services i've got a 17 volume set of the judaica which is a jewish encyclopedia and then i've got isidore singer's jewish encyclopedia which is a 12 volume jewish encyclopedia set and i go in and research and find these things out it's it's crazy about this let me read some more from this paper that i've got the God, Easter was the goddess's spring. The first Easter. You can find it in the Bible. And it has, it'll give you the first Easter that we can see as Easter or the first sunrise service. Now, if Israel was involved in this, and they were, and God says, I'll send sword, famine, pestilence, which is disease. I'll send the sword, the famine, the pestilence. And then I'll send the beast to carry you away into captivity. And that was Babylon, Persia, Greece, and then Rome. Babylon would carry Israel away. That he'd be overthrown by Persia and they'd rule Israel. And then Greece would overthrow the Persians and they'd rule Israel. And then Rome would overthrow these three. And they were the beast with iron teeth there in Isaiah, uh, excuse me, in Daniel 7 and in Revelation 13. So God says, I'll send pestilence if you go after these other gods. Let me go back to, I'm going to go to this right here this is in Ezekiel this first sunrise service it's not a righteous thing it's an unrighteous thing Ezekiel 8 I've got so many things to say on this I don't know exactly where to go sometimes well, let me go ahead and go to Ezekiel the 8 chapter. let's look at this first sunrise service. I remember my father's a Baptist preacher having people come out on Sunday morning at, at 5 o'clock or 4 o'clock in the morning to have a sunrise service. That was ungodly. He didn't know that, though. He didn't know much about these things. People say, you got that from your father. I didn't get anything I teach from my father. He was a very ignorant man. Now go to Ezekiel the eighth chapter, Let me erase some of this. I hope you got that. The 15th was the first day of Unleavened Bread, and it was a Sabbath. And it landed on the weekly Sabbath. That made the weekly Sabbath that week and high day. You can't make the high day come out any other way. You've got to do a lot of study. You can find that high day or that convocation over in Exodus at the first Passover Exodus the 12th chapter this is the first Passover what they've done they've mixed Passover with Easter with that paganism it had to do with the crops that came out in the spring And this would take me to the Pleiades. The Pleiades is first seen with the naked eye in the springtime in the morning. In the morning. And the Pleiades was called Morning Star. Now, the rabbi said that Pleiades drew the sap up into the vine and it caused the trees to start bearing fruit and the vines to start bearing fruit. When the Lord told Job, Can you bind the sweet influences of Pleiades? He wasn't talking about the stars guiding your future, he was talking about this right here the fruit. The fruit of the Pleiades. The influence of Pleiades would be the smell of the new mown hay or the smell of the apple blossoms or the honeysuckle. That would be the sweet influences of Pleiades according to the rabbis. And Jesus said, and God is saying, I can bind the sweet influences of Pleiades. I can cause you to have I can cause the, the flowers to quit blooming. I can bring a freeze in the middle of of February. I I can bring out a warm front in February called the crocuses and the daffodils to start blooming. And when that happens, I can hit you with a freeze. I can hit you with a... Bring it for a two-week period. I can bring a warm front in and then have a freeze come in and knock your crops out, kill your crops. And this is what happens sometimes down in Florida. When they have a cold front come in, the oranges in Florida are not sweet. You have to have heat to have sweet fruit. And that's why I don't buy Florida oranges. Don't buy them if i go to the store i always say are these california oranges because they don't have freezing frost in california and always the california oranges are sweet that's nearly every time you buy them particularly the naval oranges and that's has a biblical understanding of the pleiades and god says i can loose the bands of orion Orion was the evening star. they said the rabbi said it took the it took the sap down. Well, you can find the Pleiades in Orion in the McClinic and strong and he said, I can loose the bands of Orion. What he's saying is I can come up in the middle of January when it's supposed to be cold, and I can loose orion and Orion' will let the let the sap come up, and when that happens. It'll start getting warm, and your flowers will start blooming, and then I'll hit you with a freeze. God had different ways. You know what that was when He said that? That was the same thing as coronavirus. When the stores started emptying because people were buying up all the all of the crop, buying all the food off the store shelves, and the shelves started getting empty. That is famine, the same thing that I'm talking about Pleiades. I'll bring a warm from in, then i hit you with a freeze, and then you won't have any crops in the spring. Everything about these gods was about food. It's crazy. Look over here. I love preaching this message. I don't care if anybody's here or not. I know people are out there watching on the Internet. I studied Old Testament all my life since I was a kid. And I know what it's about. It's about Israel going after other gods, the sun and the tree gods. The sun god was Hercules or Jupiter or or Baal or and the list goes on and on. Or Attis or Adonis. Or Tammuz. And Tammuz was one of the sea gods. And where did they get that? They deified Noah as the fish god. Where did they get the eggs for Easter? They said that the ark was a giant egg. It wasn't shaped like an egg. But it was red all over, it was pitched within and without with pitch. First word pitch, kafar means to cover all over. Kaffar, second word pitch, kofar, is a noun, k-o-p-h-e-r, it was a red-stained dye, it was called pitch. The pitch is what kept the ark floating. It was caulking, And and the first Easter eggs were red. And then they later on started making them all different colors. That's because the ark was red all over. And they called the ark a giant egg. Why? Because out of the ark, out of that cubit, one cubit window on the top of it, came all of mankind. And it was like fertility. So they created the egg as a fertility symbol and it was and that's why rabbits are used at Easter because they are so fertile they multiply at breakneck speed and that's fertility and they worship the fertility gods which was the tree and the sun god that's why God brought coronavirus not only did they do that back then if this was Israel back here Israel, from Saul all the way to Zedekiah, the last king. When they got into 2 Kings, this is the only way I know to express it. They went after Baal and Grove and all the gods around them, which was the sun and the tree god. And it began to increase and increase and increase all the way the pagan infiltration of sun and tree into the church and the church and here we are in 2020 and the paganism which began back here with Israel. Among God's people has increased until we've got it all over the church. In Easter, in Christmas. It's that's why the coronavirus is here. It's just a finality to all of this. If you think this is gonna go away, you're wrong. I don't know if the coronavirus will subside. But if you think the end of it is here, the Bible says at the end of time there'll be wars and rumors of wars. We've got so many wars we don't even know where to begin or where to even start studying. We've got it all over the world. We've got all kinds of terrorists, the Al-Qaeda and ISIS and Hamas and, and the, the list goes on and on. There is no hope for the world other than in Jesus Christ. Easter is this whether you like it or not. You say, you sound like you're angry. I'm angry at the preachers for lying through their teeth. I don't like it when people lie to the church and cause them to become apathetic. And that's what the Bible says all these winds of doctrine do. Now look here. In the 8th chapter of Ezekiel, Ezekiel is over here in Babylon. And God is giving Ezekiel visions about what is going on over here in Israel. He's 650, 700 miles away. So God is giving Ezekiel visions about the temple over here and about the pagan worship that's in the temple, and it's going on in the churches today. Now, this is the Lord coming to Ezekiel, verse 9 of chapter 8. He said unto me, Go in and behold the wicked abominations that they, Israel, is doing here in Jerusalem. I'm not going to read the rest of the chapter, that's what he's talking about so I went in and saw and behold every form of creeping things and an abominable beast and all the idols of the house of Israel portrayed upon the wall round about. They had paganism all over their walls. And there stood before them 70 men of the ancients of the house of Israel. And in the midst of them stood Jeazaniah, the son of Shaphan. And with every man his censer in his hand, and a thick cloud of incense went up. Then said he unto me, Son of man, that's how God addressed Ezekiel. I believe this is Jesus pre-incarnate talking to Ezekiel. Then said he unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen what the ancients of the house of Israel do in the dark? He said, this is darkness that they're doing in the temple. Every man in the chambers of his imagery, for they say, the Lord don't see us, and he don't know what we're doing. We're too small in the scheme of all the things in the world. The Lord seeth us not, and the Lord hath forsaken the earth. God don't care what we're doing, worshiping all these idol gods. And he said unto me, Turn the yet again and you're going to see greater abominations, greater stinking things in my nostrils that Israel is doing. This is why God scattered them. Ezekiel had been scattered over and he'd been carried over into Babylon in around 597 B.C. And he's he is writing down what God's going to do in 586 B.C just about 11 years later when God brings Nebuchadnezzar in and he destroys the whole city. Because of what? Because of going after these other gods. Then he brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord's house, which was towards the north. And behold, there sit women weeping for Tammuz. Tammuz was one of the sun tree god, one of the sun sea gods of the ancient world. Let me erase this. Now, people don't like it because I'm saying coronavirus is due to the things that's going on in the churches. God's judgment is upon the world. All right. There's only one cubit window in the top of the ark. It didn't look like a boat. It looked like a casket. That's what it looked like. Now, Ezekiel had been carried away in 596-97 B.C. He's over here in Babylon, and God is revealing to him what he's doing over here in Israel. So Tammuz, the women were weeping for Tammuz. Let me give this to you. The weeping for Tammuz was brought into the church and renamed Lent. In among the Franks. Franks are the French. That's what it means. The Franks was a horde of people that rampaged across Europe back in the ancient world, and this goes with Christ Mass. Christmas was it was it was adopted into the church by Constantine. And mainly the reason Constantine brought it was fire and tree worship. And I've said this so many times. When you go over here and you look at and you look at a map of the Mediterranean Sea. All right. And you can see the beast was had its boundaries on the sea. The beast was Babylon, Persia. Babylon being Iraq, same thing. Persia being Iran and Afghanistan and so forth. And Greece was here. And Alexander the Great was the great leader of Greece. And Rome. That's why the beast comes up out of the sea. Now... What was I going to tell you? All right, Tammuz, talking about Tammuz. Constantine believed that he was going to lose the empire about 200 years before Constantine. All of the rulers of the Roman Empire, the Caesars, they they were only ruling on the sea. That was called the Roman Empire. They had above Rome, up here, in what was called pagan lands, you had all of these people that were not ruled by Rome. You had the Huns coming from over here in the Far East. And they came here and settled in Germany. You had the Goths. You had the Goths. You had the Ostrogoths. You had the Visigoths right here coming down. The Visigoths were the ones that Constantine was terrified because they were barbaric hordes. So he said, for 200 years, all the Caesars thought they were going to lose Rome. And so Constantine came up and said, what I've got to do I've got to do something to amalgamate the gods of the Huns and the Vandals and the Visigoths and the Gauls and the Celts. These were barbaric hordes that were just running over Europe. And Constantine, as well as the Caesars before him, said, we'll lose the Roman Empire if we don't bring these people's gods into the church at Rome and the church at Rome was corrupt so when he brought it in he came up with it was the feast of Saturn at Rome and had a different name in every city state Saturn or it was the Saturnalia and that was a feast it was an orgy it was an orgy that went from December the 17th unto the 24th they threw the Yule log in the fire. Yule means wheel. The fire wheel was the swastika, whether anybody likes it or not. That was the fire wheel. And Hitler got that from the pagan sun worshippers of Tibet. He thought they had a superior. He thought the race was superior because they were tall, long legged, long arms. And the and the swastika is nothing but the Big Dipper, is what it is. All right. It means it is good, and that is the swastika. And they said someone had to be turning that wheel. The reason. When you had, you had the Big Dipper in four phases. You had June. They would check the Big Dipper in June the 3rd. Then they would check it September the 3rd. And they knew they were going into winter. And when they got into winter, this point down here was called Yule of the Big Dipper. It was called Wheel of the Year. Wheel of the Year. They said the Queen of Heaven was turning that wheel. They looked at the Big Dipper and they thought it was all on one plane. Now those stars in the Big Dipper, from where we stand, they look like one plane. They may be hundreds of millions of miles apart, but it looks like one plane. So they looked at it. They looked at it in June, September, and then uh, December the 3rd. They looked. And then they're trying to get, they called this a clock. It was a harvest clock. And they said, What we have to do is get through this dead of winter. They didn't have any ways to keep food so they said we got to get through the dead of winter and get back around to spring because in the spring the leaves would come out the leaves and the fruit would start to come out and that's when the Pleiades would come out in the spring that's why the rabbis said the Pleiades brought up the fruit in the vine. And God says, I can stop the Pleiades by bringing a warm front down here and have your flowers blooming, your orange trees blooming, and that'll hit you with a cold front and a hard freeze, and it'll kill everything so that when you get to the spring, no food. That's what the coronavirus is about. That's why the shelves are emptying. What do I expect? I expect that evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, and these are the beginning of sorrows. So that's what they... And here's the way they did. They had this Feast of Saturn. It was an orgy. Do you think Jesus wants his name on an orgy? So they took the 25th and gave that birthday to Hercules. And all of these gods, Mithra at Rome, and december the twenty fifth was the most famous day among the pagans in the ancient world. You can look up Mithra and McClinic and Strong; it'll tell you that was the day of his birth. So they had a seven day festival. then when that was among the Romans, then when you got to February February the 7th through the 14th was a festival among the Franks they took a seven days and they looked at the sun god the 25th was given to the sun god because that's when the light began to increase and the days began to get a little bit longer by seconds then when they get down here to the seventh of February, they had a seven day festival along in the French. And they would party for seven days. And the last day of their party, it was an orgy just like this was here. And they called that last day of their orgy Mardi. Gra. Martin Gras means fat Tuesday. Move this. Fat Tuesday. Fat Tuesday or Strove Tuesday. It always came on Tuesday because they went by 360 day a 360-day year. It was even days. So it always come up on Tuesday. So here's what the... Let me erase this. They were looking for the Big Dipper to get back around to spring to have crops. I've got a shirt that says the Big Dipper is the reason for the season. I'm going to have one made up. The swastika is the reason for the season. Because the swastika and the Big Dipper are the same thing. Well, the Franks, they call that Mardi Gras and Christmas are the same thing in different cultures among the French, it was Mardi Gras among the Romans, it was Saturnalia, and Constantine brought all the gods of these Goths and Visigoths and Ostrogoths and Vandals and all these pagans brought it into the church and renamed Feast of Saturn Christmas, and Pope Julius I gave Christmas Christ Mass its pagan name Pope Julius. You think I made that up? The first? I just come up with Pope Julius I. I didn't come up with that. Then Tuesday, the last day would be on Tuesday. The next day would be Wednesday. The Roman Catholics brought that Wednesday in the church and called it Ash Wednesday and they put ashes on their forehead. And if they were really sincere, they'd wear sackcloth and ashes. Ash Wednesday. And that was the first day they started weeping for Wednesday. And that would be on February 15th. And they would weep for Tammuz, their God. They'd weep for Tammuz for 40 days. And the Roman Catholics brought that into the Roman Catholic Church and called that, they just simply took paganism, brought it in the church and renamed it. And they called that Lent. And exactly when you they would go to February, March and they would go up to March that we 40 days 40 days from February 15th would be March 25th March 25th they called the Day of Annunciation the Catholics did I'm still talking about Easter, Ishtar, and on that day of Annunciation Annunciation come from announce they would announce the pagans would announce the birth of their sun God one more time, sun God, nine months later on December the twenty fifth that would be the day, and then they would they would announce, they would have this Day of Annunciation where they're announcing the birth of their son God. And that would be on Friday. And they call that Good Friday. The Catholics did. This They brought this into the church, and what they did on the 25th, they said their sun god, Tammuz, they wept for Tammuz for 40 days, just like the Roman Catholics brought that into the church and called it Lent for 40 days, where they would give up some food of some kind. If they didn't like Brussels sprouts, they'd give up Brussels sprouts for 40 days. Or some guy that's trying to quit smoking would give up smoking for that. That has nothing to do with Jesus. And they said that Ishtar, 40 days, Ishtar or Easter would resurrect Tammuz after that 40-day mourning process. And it was Ishtar or Easter that would resurrect him from the dead. So the resurrection, people say, well, none of the other gods will resurrect like Christ. Oh, they were in mythology. And what this is, is myth. It's myth. Let me show you something. This is really interesting to me. Well, let me finish up with this. They were weeping for Tammuz, verse 15. How much time do I have, Mike? 28. All right. Verse 15. What chapter? Of chapter 8 of Ezekiel. Then said he unto me, They're weeping for Tammuz in verse 14. Then said he unto me, Hast thou seen this, O son of man? Turn thee yet again. And thou shalt see great abominations, greater abominations than these. Abomination means to stink in God's nostrils. He brought me into the inner court of the Lord's house. The Lord's house was the temple. The inner court. You had a, there was a wall surrounding this. And then you have the temple inside of here, just like you've got it over here. The inner part of the Lord's house, you can see it in that picture there. Do I have that on the the inner court? Would yeah. be, it's, huh? on the, it's on the video. It, it's on the I've got it on the video? Yeah. Okay, let me see where it is. I don't care whether people like this or not. This is the truth. Alright. I didn't know I had it on here. Do I have it? There it is. This is the inner court of the Lord's house. They had it when they built the temple. It had the same dimensions as the tabernacle in the wilderness. And they built a fence around it, so just nobody could walk in. The inner court of the Lord's house would be inside this fence. So, he brought me to the inner court of the Lord's house, and behold, at the door of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar. Here's the altar. And when they built the temple, they put Solomon's porch on the front of it So they had a labor here. Later on, they had a C here because they had multiplied and had so many priests. So in this area, right in here, and that. Well, let me take it back to the temple. All right. All right. Ezekiel is saying somewhere in this area they're bringing the Ark of the Covenant in here is the altar I don't know if it looked like that but somewhere right outside of Solomon's porch between this altar right just between the altar and the porch stood 25 men and the temple faced east This is north, south, west. Toward the temple of the Lord and their faces, there were 25, 5 and 20 men between the porch and the altar. The porch was Solomon's porch. And their backs toward the temple, their backs, and they were facing the east. And they worship the sun towards the east. This is the sunrise service of the Bible. Worshiping the sun. Has nothing to do with Jesus. Good night you guys. Then said he unto me. Hast thou seen this son of man? Is it a light thing? You think it's just a light thing? the house of Judah that they commit the abominations which they commit here this was Israel doing this for they have filled the land with violence and have returned to provoke me to anger and lo they put the branch to the nose. Boy that's a crude way of saying it when they went out and did their number two potty out in the, out in the desert or out in the wilderness they took a branch and wiped their bottom with it God said that stinks like that to me therefore will I deal with fury with Israel and anyone else who changes my laws that's where coronavirus is not that's just one of the most modern things it goes all the way back to Israel neither will I have any pity Though they cry in mine ears with a loud voice, yet will I not hear them? And then over here in the 11th chapter, it's talking about the same 25 men with their backs toward the temple and they're facing east, worshiping the rising sun. Moreover, the Spirit lifted me up and brought me into the east gate of the Lord's house, which Look at the eastward and behold at the door of the gate five and twenty men whom I saw, Jeazimah, and the son of Azur, and Pelatea the son of Benaiah, princes of the people. Then said unto me, Son of man, these are the men that devise mischief. Who was it was inside that? That was only the Levites. They were the only ones that could be inside the court of the house of the Lord. Gave wicked counsel which say, it is not near, let us build houses. Judgment's not coming. The coronavirus is here and people say, judgment's not coming. What do you think this is? This city is a cauldron and we be the flesh. Therefore prophesy against them, prophesy son of man, the Spirit of the Lord fell upon me and saith unto me, Speak thus saith the Lord. Thus have you said, O house of Israel, for I know the things that come into your mind, every one of them. God says, I'm going to destroy all of you. You will fall by the sword there in verse 10. I will judge you in the border of Israel. You shall know that I am the Lord. Now look over here. Let's go back to Deuteronomy. 28 review a little bit and then i'm going to go to the new testament he says in deuteronomy 28 if you keep my laws and my statutes and my commandments then i'll bless you. i'll bless you i'll bless your city i'll bless your storehouses i'll bless your basket and your store and you'll go against your enemy one way and they'll flee seven ways and you'll be a winner But if you're not obedient to me, in verse 15, if you don't obey my words, verse 20, well, he says in verse 15, if you're not obedient to my statutes and my commandments, you'll be cursed in the city, in verse 16, your basket and your store will be cursed, in 17, your body will be cursed and your children will die and be stillborn, How's that for disease? In verse 20, The Lord shall send upon thee cursing, vexation and rebuke and all that thou settest thy hand to do and you'll be destroyed and you're going to perish quickly by whatever disease God sends, whatever starvation and famine he sends, you're going to get it. I leave America's under the hand of the judgment of God with this virus, and I don't believe this is over. Because of the wickedness of thy doings, whereby thou hast forsaken me, the Lord shall make pestilence. The word is debur, means a destroying. D e b e r. It means an intentional destroying. I'll come back to that later. God intends to destroy them. The Lord shall smite thee. Well, let me back up. God's going to send cursing, vexation, and rebuke in verse 20, and all that you do until you be destroyed, Israel. Until you perish quickly because of the wickedness of your doings, whereby thou hast forsaken me, because you're not obedient to me, the Lord shall make pestilence cleave unto thee until he has consumed thee from off the land, until he, you die, whether thou goest to possess it. I've studied first and second kings and first and second chronicles thoroughly. And God kept destroying Israel with these judgments because they kept going after all this idolatry. America's going after idolatry. Idolatry means to serve what you see, what you put in your eyes and your ears. The Lord shall smite thee, verse 22, with consumption, with fever, with inflammation. What is all this for? You're not obeying me and doing the things that I say do. You're not Obedient to my commandments, you won't obey my commandments. People say obedience doesn't have anything to do with this. It has everything. God says He's going to come back and take vengeance on all those that obey. Oh, that know not God and obey not the gospel. They want to obey the gospel. You have to be obedient to the gospel. The gospel is the blood baptism. It's death to self. The Lord shall smite thee with consumption, with a fever. You think there's a fever involved in coronavirus? With inflammation? You think there's inflammation involved in it? There's inflammation involved in every sickness that we have. Our mucous membranes swell up and we can't breathe. And with extreme burning with the sword and the blasting with mildew and they shall pursue thee until you perish, until you die. Now look over here in Second Timothy. If we don't obey the commandments of God, does that apply to us? Yes, it does. Just because Kenneth Cope was not dead yet, doesn't mean he's not under the judgment of God Kenneth Copeland may be God may be reserving him for judgment so he can say depart from ye that work iniquity I never knew you so He can cast him into hell do I believe a man can preach lies for 40 or 50 years and not be judged for it and actually wake up one day and say I want to be saved no I don't believe that that's never the way God does things. Look here in 2 Timothy. So here is an example of our disobedience if we don't obey the commandments of God. I keep telling you, every time you find an imperative mood in the Greek, it is a commandment from God. How much time, Mike? 15. I'm going to try to get this in. Imperative moods are commandments. Just as much as Jesus said, let there be light. Just as much as he said, keep my laws and my commandments. Keep the Passover. The Passover is now spiritual. Keep the spiritual Passover. I've gone through that with you thoroughly. If you want that, call me and I'll send you a copy of it. The spiritual Passover. When he gives all these commandments, an imperative mood is a command just as much as what he's talking about in Deuteronomy the 28th chapter. It's a command. Strive to enter at the straight gate. my Agonize. If you're not agonizing, you're breaking the commandment of God. He says here in Second Timothy. Let me turn over in my other Bible. All right, Second Timothy. Second Timothy he says in verse two, preach the word. He doesn't say preach lies, does he? Nope. So if you're not preaching the word, and Kenneth Copeland and Fred Price and Creflo Dollar and Jesse Duplantis and T.D. Jakes and George Myers are not preaching the word, they're preaching their imagination. They are forward. They've twisted the word of God. All of them. Here in Second Timothy, look at that fourth chapter, starting in verse 1 I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead charge means it's a command if you don't do what he's fixing to say here then you're breaking his commandments and you can expect the pestilence on your life who will judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his Kingdom, preach. Not true, not lies. He doesn't say preach lies. He says caruso. It means proclaim. Or herald. The gospel gospel is daily cross it's death to self it's a blood baptism we've gone through all that he doesn't say preach lies and that's what all these preachers are doing around the country in the pulpits accept christ as your personal savior when you're dead in sin is a lie sinner's prayer when a man cannot call on god that doesn't believe in him That's not the method of salvation. Belief is. So when they preach these things, they preach lies. Preach the word. Be instant. Preach is an imperative mood. It's a command. Be instant is an imperative mood. It's a command. Just as much as any commandment in the old. If God says, if you don't keep my commandments, and if you don't keep my statutes, these are statutes of God in the New Testament. Be instant. Be instant. That's the word episteme. E-P-H-I-S-T-E-M-I. That is also an imperative mood. It's a command. It means stand upon the word of God. Stand his to me, epi on. Stand upon God's word. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm commanding you to do that. And the preachers in the world are not doing that with their charismatic, Pentecostal, tongue-speaking, faith-healing doctrines. None of that's true. The Baptists aren't preaching that. They used to, but they don't anymore. And then he says, "Be instant." in season and out of season. Well, this is not the time to talk. The Bible says you karas and a karas. Karas we get our word C-H-R-O-M-E-T-E-R. Chorometer is an ancient word for a navigating clock with an exact timing. We get the word chronological or uh, chronicles. Chronicles means the events of timing in particular Story that follow exactly the way they happened. That's what chronicles means. It comes from the word kairos. And when the Bible says there's a timing for everything there in Acts the 17th chapter in that 26 and 27 verses it says there's a timing for everything. Eucharos means well timing. When That is in season. That means when there's a good timing to tell somebody the truth. And the alpha privative on out of season. Out of season is akaros. Karos means timing. The alpha negates the word. It means there's not a good time to say it. Say it. In season and out of season. And then it says, repro- it says, reprove, reprove is an imperative command. It's a commandment. Timothy was passing the church at Ephesus. He's telling him what he has to do as a preacher. He says, reprove, Elanco E-L-E-G-C-H-O. It is a form of E-L-E-G-C-H-O-S. Elankos is the word evidence. What convicts, this word elanco means to convict. What convicts the criminal is the evidence on the evidence table down at the front of the courtroom. And you've been convicted. Tell people. They have to be convicted. They have to have conviction about sin. You have to repent of sin, but you don't do that one time. You do that every day. Exhort. When he says reprove or rebuke, reprove is the word elenco. Rebuke is the word epitimeo it's also imperative command epi t-i-m-e-o epitomeo is a construction of epi and t-i-m-e looks like time but it's not it's t-i-m-e it means honor honor your father and your mother it means to place a value upon them to superimpose or to cover them, and that's imperative. You can't just come up and say, I want to honor my father, and she wants me to go get her some cigarettes and beer at the market. Don't you do that. Say, I'm going to honor you, Mom. I'm not going to get get anything for you that I know God is, does, doesn't want. Tell her the truth. And if you're going to superimpose the honor upon people, You're going to tell them the truth. You're not going to lie like Kenneth Copeland talking about faith, healing, talking about tongues. God will bring judgment on your life for that. And who he was, the ones that God was going to bring judgment was the believers. He may just leave the, I believe Kenneth Copeland's an unbeliever. I don't believe he's any more saved believer than some monkey in a zoo. Don't believe that. No, you cannot preach lies for as long as he's preached and cheat people out of. He says he's worth seven billion dollars. What is a preacher doing with seven billion dollars? He's a crook. So all of all of his cohorts, Creflo Dollar, they're crooks. They lie. They cheat. They steal. Why am I supposed to like liars and cheaters and thieves? He would say, You're mad at these fellow preachers. They're not fellow preachers. They don't preach the truth. They don't herald Christ. Rebuke. The word rebuke is the word elanco. And exhort. Reprove, rebuke, exhort are all imperative moods. Exhort is the word parakaleo. Parakaleo is the word comfort. But how do you comfort somebody? With a -A -A p-a-r-a-k-l-e-t-o-s, which is a form of parakaleo that's parakletos and that's the Holy Spirit even the spirit of truth that's what the Bible says in John fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. and then he says then he says exhort with all long-suffering macrothumia which means to be patient with all long-suffering and doctrine didaké. Didaké means instruction it is not instructions to teach people faith healing that is not instruction God has got a time for all men to die it's appointed Apokime. there's a set time for all men to die and you can't pray away their disease you can't do it. And doctrine. Instruction. You don't instruct people with lies. Like the charismatics and the baptists do. For the time will come when they will not put up with, endure, my sound doctrine. Men will not my. put up with sound h-u-g-i-a-i-n-o this just shows you hugiano means uncorrupt words that's the same word in 3 John 2, where John wishes to guess. I wish you prosper and be in health. Prosper doesn't mean money. Health doesn't mean physical health. Health is that same word. Hugiano. it means uncorrupt words. Prosper is the word euhodos. This shows you where they are preaching. Corrupt doctrine. hodos means well, way, and the well hodos is the narrow way, and only few find it. Those guys are lying when they talk about prospering, being health. I am sick of them. I'm gonna. To, I told Mary last night. I said I'm going to try to figure out and pray God give me a way to getting people understand what I'm saying and what I'm thinking I don't like preachers at all I don't know any of them that's not willing to compromise even John McCarthy's got his Christmas he's got his Easter he's got John has broken my heart I thought he was really a strong believer back in the early 80s but he's not he's compromising because he wants he does, He calls down some of the charismatics but he don't call down the southern baptists for their their apostate ways. Am I out of time Mike? One minute. The time will come when they will not endure uncorrupt words but after their own lusts epithumia desires for self shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables, muthos, myths. Christmas is a myth. Easter is a myth. It's about eggs and rabbits and foolish stuff. It's about fertility. I'm tired of the preachers. I'm tired of you guys. Sick of you. You don't have the guts to stand up for the truth. You'll lose your church. You'll lose your big salary. You'll lose it all. You'll lose your car allowance, your housing allowance, your IRA, your insurance. They'll fire you and you have to get you a job. Selling insurance or selling furniture or something. Maybe moving furniture. That would be an honorable word. Let's pray. Father, thank you for truth. God, I am depressed at the world for hating your word. Especially these so-called preachers. I am just disgusted with them. Help us to keep on going and keep us in health if it's according to your mercy and your will so we can keep preaching these words. Fight our battles. I don't want to fight anyone. We'll give you praise for everything in Christ's name. Amen.